Well, it's pretty quiet now, <coughs> after the excitement of the past 36 hours. Your celebration of those events from 2,000 years ago, your celebration was just beautiful. Candles and flowers and glorious music. But let me tell you, that first night of the, all the events that you celebrated in the little town of Bethlehem that I called home was nothing so beautiful. In fact, all I remember is noise and confusion and not knowing really what was happening. Oh, pardon me, once again, I, I've forgotten my manners. My name is Naomi. Oh, I'm not Ruth's mother-in-law, though I believe I was named after her. You see, at that time, everybody had to register. They had to return to the town where their family came from. And they had to register their presence. It was in order that they could tax us, you know. And so there was great confusion in Bethlehem. People from all over were flooding into that little town. The streets were crowded. The marketplace was absolutely impossible. And you couldn't find a place to stay. All the rooms were taken up. And so I wasn't too surprised when I looked out my doorway and I saw a young woman, a very pregnant young woman, I might add, a young woman and an older man walking around to the back of the house next to mine. And they walked into the, the lean-to that's there in the back of the houses where the animals are kept. I, I know, your sacred writings call it a stable, but that makes it sound much more like a permanent structure. And believe me, it was not. Oh, the roof was fairly solid over the feeding trough for the animals. They wouldn't want the food to get moldy. But there were all kinds of gaps in the walls. And I looked at that young woman as she climbed down off of a donkey and walked into the lean-to. And I thought, well, she's going to have that baby any minute. I can tell by her, her size and, and where it was in her body. But I watched them get settled. I didn't go over or anything. I had so much to do, you know. There were relatives coming the next day. I had to prepare things. And so I went about my business and kind of forgot about them, to tell the truth. Until later in the night, there was a commotion, including that squall, that cry, that some of you may know is of a very newborn child. And so I peered out once again, hearing all kinds of noises as well. 
I looked, and there was a crowd of shepherds pressed up against the edge of the lean-to. Well, shepherds are quite a ragtag lot, you know. I know it's not their fault, but they smell, and their clothes are dirty and tattered. And they never come into town in a whole group like that. They might send one or two in to get some supplies and go back out to the to the fields where they are working, but never a whole group like that. But I noticed that some of them were kneeling. They didn't look dangerous. And so I went back to bed, feeling I needed my rest. The next day, the questions started. Did you know that, that there was a baby born in the lean-to next to your house? Yes, yes, I, I knew. Well, what a terrible place. Nobody should have to live in a place like that or stay in it, let alone deliver a child. And I heard tell that they put that child in a feeding trough meant for animals. No place for a wee little baby. But then the questions died down. Nobody had listened to what the, the shepherds had said when they were there. They had talked of angel voices, but we hadn't listened. At least many of us had not. Everything stayed about the same. Everybody went about talking about the registration and the taxes and what they had to do. And we kind of forgot about that couple there. About, well, a little less than two weeks later, some strangers appeared in town. Some said they were royalty because of the way they dressed. Some said they were Magi, people who studied the stars and tried to say what was happening by looking at the stars. In fact, they said they had followed the glow of a bright star there. Well, in spite of that kind of romantic vision of following a star, these were strangers. And whether they were royalty or magi, they were different from us. And we were relieved when they left. Well, it was only a few days after the strangers had left that we heard that Herod had put out a decree that all the baby boys were to be slaughtered, killed. Well, that caused a great deal of consternation. More than that, panic, fear. Everybody in town was talking about it. They were trying to hide their children. And I did see the young woman and the older man take the baby, wrap him very carefully, and head out of town. 
Somebody who had spoken to them said that they were headed for Egypt in order to protect the child's life. We returned to our ordinary activities after that. And would you believe me when I say that we never again mentioned this child born until, oh, a good 30 years later, when we heard rumors of a young itinerant preacher traveling through Judah, Israel, the whole area, healing people. I mean, doing signs and wonders that had never been seen and teaching of the love of God for everyone, not just a few, and preaching over and over again of God's great love for us. And people began to ask. They say he was born in a humble place. They say that one of the reasons he includes everyone is that he came from nothing. That he did not even have a house to be born in. And people began to put things together. And they said, maybe this is the child, now grown up and talking of the love of God. They paid even more attention to him when the authorities put put him on trial. And then execute him executed him by hanging him on a cross to die. And then everyone was talking about some days after his death. The tomb where his body had been laid was found empty. Surely this was some act of God. And then many of us, now old ourselves, were asked, did you know? Did you know right away that this was God in human form? This was Messiah? This was our Savior? Did you know? Well, I'm here to tell you, many of us didn't know. We didn't really pay attention, you see. I will confess, I did not recognize that this was unique. I had an image of what Messiah was supposed to be, a conquering hero who would make everything better. But what about you? What about any who live today in our time? Do we know when God is in our midst? Oh, maybe, maybe we're pretty good at times like this, in places like this, where images and words and 
music and everything combines to say God is here. God is with us. We know. But how about when we're shopping or going to school or working? Do we miss it sometimes? I think we do. I think we pass by a corner where people are waiting to to be taken for work. People who need jobs and perhaps even need a place to stay. And we forget that God is with us and we can bring God's presence to others as well. We need reminders that yes, God with us, Emmanuel in the manger, in that lean-to, in humble beginnings, 2,000 years ago. But the claim is made that God is with us in 1787, in 1920, in 2022, on March 13th or, or August 7th or May 23rd, God is with us. Not just a designated day. What wonderful news. Emmanuel. God with us then. God with us now. God with us always. Hallelujah. Amen.